This is exactly right. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, honey. And June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the Detective Club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out. You never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Boo, thank you so much for listening to Ghosted by me, Roz Dresfalez. So I want to talk about a kind of controversial story on this week's episode. It's the story of Adam Ellis and Dear David. Now, if you're a paranormal fan or you're like a Twitter head, you probably know this story. It was pretty popular in summer of 2017. And uh, it's still very popular. People still talk about it nonstop. And it turns out it's going to be turned into a movie. So if you don't know the story of Dear David, you you could do a lot of Twitter digging. But there's also this amazing article by Lucia Peters on Bustle.com that tells you everything that you need to know about Dear David. So here's what happened back in August of 2017. Adam Ellis, who lives in New York City, he's an illustrator. He's also um, a writer and he worked for BuzzFeed. He tweeted from his Twitter handle, which is at Moby underscore dickhead. So um, credible source. I don't know. You are listening to someone named Roz Dresfeles doing a retelling. So that sounds like a you problem. So at Moby dickhead, he wrote, so... My apartment is currently being haunted by the ghost of a dead child, and he's trying to kill me. Now listen, ghost children are scary, 
I agree. Perhaps they're even creepier than ghost adults to many people. But yeah, here's the because I always have people tell me, oh, my God, ghost children are the spookiest ghosts of all time. You know, uh, oh, if I saw a little child going la, 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 la. Yeah, that is spooky. But you have to remember that they're children. They're still children. And the easiest way to calm down a child is with what? Fruit snacks. So just, you know, give give the ghost some fruit snacks and it'll go away. So he goes on to say that there's this little boy with a misshapen head sitting in a green rocking chair at the foot of his bed one night. He's like kind of wakes up in sleep paralysis and sees this. A few few nights later, he dreamed in a library that a girl came up to him and said, oh, you know, dear David. And he said, who? And she said, dear David, you saw him. She then explained that David is dead and told him the rules of interacting with him. One, he only appears at midnight. Two, if you see him, you can ask him two questions as long as you say, Dear David, first. And three, never ask three questions or he'll kill you. So Adam has another dream and he finds out that David died in an accident in a store that an item fell on his head. So he moves into this new apartment. We're going to fast forward because this is a very long story. But so he eventually he lives in this building that is two apartment units, one on top of the other. He moves upstairs and he's thinking, you know, okay, maybe, you know, I won't hear from David. And he doesn't until he tweets that for the past four nights in his new apartment, his cats have been gathered at the front door at exactly midnight, staring as if something is on the other side of the door into the hallway uh, of the building. And there's some videos of it. it. You can definitely tell that these cats are looking at something. He then buys a Polaroid camera. He takes a picture of the hallway, and it developed completely black. He even posted a video of him developing the pics so that, you know, if any haters are watching, they can actually see him developing the photo, and it is, like, pure black. It's not as if you have a... He even posted what it looks like when he put his finger in front of the lens, and it's not that. It's just the color black. Then he took a picture inside of his apartment from a distance where you can see... He has the hallway door open, so you can see out into the hallway of the building, and it's just pure black. And But you can see the rest of his apartment, just black where the, the hallway is. Twitter users, you know, they edited the photos. They, they put it through editing software, and it seems legit. Okay, so moving on. One night, he has a dream that, that David was dragging him through a warehouse. He woke up with a huge bruise on his arm. Then there's this whole other story that goes on about this warehouse that's by his house that's empty, and he never noticed it. And you'll, you'll learn more about it when you, when you take your deep dive into the story. Okay, so then the cats start moving up uh, their door appointments to 10 p.m., they're crying for 15 minutes, and then he starts getting – this is so creepy. So the cats, 10 p.m., they're screaming, looking outside the door um, underneath his, his door frame into the hallway just for 15 minutes long, just meow, meow, meow. And then as soon as it's over, he keeps getting these phone calls from an unlisted number. So one time he finally answered it, and all he heard was static for like a minute. And then he's about to hang up and it gets quiet. And then he hears a small voice say, Hello? Mm! 
Okay, so this story is like so long. He goes on to buy a pet monitoring camera. There's more stuff about the warehouse. He captured David on camera, and the pictures are seriously the most detailed photos of an apparition I've ever seen, which leads to speculation because, you know, Adam Ellis is a very successful writer and illustrator, so this whole ghost story, it could be a coincidence that you know, someone that's a professional writer had all these amazing details. And he's also a very successful illustrator. If you're on Instagram, you've seen his his cartoons. They're very popular. So it's possible he was able to make these photos of this he- this child with a squished in head that appeared in his bedroom. I don't know, but I also choose to believe him. Sorry. But either way, you know, he's an amazing tweeter. So go check out his Instagram at Moby underscore dickhead. But whether this story is, you know, real or not, it's a good story and it deserves a movie deal, which is why he got one. BuzzFeed Studios partnered with the producer of It, Dan Lin, and New Line is going to be distributing it. So... Honestly, I'm pretty jealous of this Adam Ellis guy because he is pretty hot. He's super talented, in my opinion. He's, uh, you know, he's getting a movie made about things that happen in his dreams. And I'm so poor and uncreative that even my dreams are in low budget. I even I even I've I've had dreams where I'm falling off a cliff and it's literally in the dream. It's just me laying in front of a green screen wailing my arms around so good for you i've seen boom mics in my dreams i don't think that they are non-union shoots i reached out to adam alice to have him on the show and he very politely said that he's not doing interviews right now so i appreciate him getting back to me maybe when he's on the the movie tour we'll have him over okay now we're gonna go to someone that did say they would come here If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, honey. And June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the Detective Club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out. You never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. 
It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Oh, you guys. Today I am joined by a dear friend, an actor, comedian, a voiceover artist, a former burlesque dancer, a uh, yard sale enthusiast, um, <laughs> <laughs> my dear friend Selene Luna. Oh, thank you so much, Roz. Thank you for having me. Thank it's you such for a being joy. here. Thank and a you. fun thing about Selene is that you played a ghost, right? Right. Yeah, so, you played a ghost in the movie Coco, the Academy Award-winning Disney Pixar feature Coco. That's right, and I'm not just a random voice. I'm one of the main characters. Oh, yes, you yeah. are. So, Tia Rosita. Yes, I played Tia Rosita, um, and uh, I, you know, I do play a character in the afterlife. Ironically, I don't believe in it. How do you not believe in it? I, I mean, you... I mean, you uh, you're from Mexico, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You're raised Catholic. Mm-hmm. Correct. Uh, both, I mean, Catholic culture, Mexican culture, there's a lot of beliefs of spirits in the afterlife and Day of the Dead, and you don't believe in it. That's right. And, um, and you know, I have, I, I just had this thought. I do have to give my dad some, a little bit of credit because, um, although my mother instilled in us that we had to, um, study Catholicism, um, at least get our, uh, get through our first communion. Cause apparently that was like heaven insurance. Like <laughs> to put it simply, if you did your first communion, then your parents could be reassured that you do have your foot in the door at the pearly gates. Sure. So, um, and we were allowed to drop out out of Catholic, uh, catechism, whatever it was called, uh, that we, Catholic school we did on the weekends. Yeah. Um, so after we did our first communion, our parents allowed us to drop out. So, uh, but meanwhile... And were you like, bye! Totally. I'm yeah. like, I wore the dress, I married Jesus, <laughs> and then I was like, see ya. Uh, but during that time, though, my dad indirectly did influence me because... Um, you know, he, he didn't have the opportunity for an education, but he was a really uh, bright and smart person and always had Omni magazine at home. He always subscribed to scientific magazines and always discussed science uh, in any way that he could self-educate. And that was a real influence for me. And uh, to me, science always made more sense than the uh, mythological stories I was being fed by the nuns. Sure. So, um, so yeah, I'm a strong believer of science. I am meat and potatoes about it. I, I'm only interested in uh, facts. So for that reason, I don't believe in ghosts. I don't believe in the afterlife. To me, all those things are a very self-centered, human kind of need to believe that there's something beyond themselves. I, I think it's very self-serving because... Why can't humans be okay with, hey, it all ends here? Why do you have to believe that your life goes on? It's like, bitch, you're not that important. <laughs> right. That's really my perspective on it all. Okay, so you believe you're you're here for a sentence, and when the sentence is over, that's it. Yeah, see, to me, the afterlife is very self-centered. Those are, you know, it's people, I know I'm repeating myself, but it's like, I, my life couldn't possibly end here. I know magically I'm extended somewhere else. 
And he's like, no, why can't you just end it here? You're not that important. This isn't a Disney Pixar movie. (laughs) Although I wish it was. So anyway, so that's really my perspective. And frankly, I draw a lot of comfort from science and uh, outer space studies and uh, things like that. To me, that brings me comfort. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's concrete. Yeah. Evidence, and I'm with the ghost world. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it, it's who knows? like it, it's all based on faith, and faith means that you believe in something you know does not exist. Well, yeah, and that's the funny thing though with you is that you've had these experiences <laughs> yes, that you can't explain exactly. So, the, what's that all about? I am one big old contradiction because I have had. Um, for a lack of better terms or of a better word, uh, ghostly experiences. I ha- I have had paranormal experiences, things that I have seen with my own eyes, things that I've heard that I cannot explain, but I do not believe they are traditional afterlife experiences. I believe that you know, there's some parallel universe string theory thing that happened that I we cannot explain. I just don't have the vocabulary for it. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's got nothing to do with spirituality or religion, whatever I've experienced that I cannot explain. Right. Yeah. And I remember um, a couple months ago, we were with Jackie Beat, our friend, and I asked you, I asked Jackie, Jackie, have you ever had, um, have, have you ever had a ghost experience? And... <laughs> You chimed in. Yeah, one time I stopped talking to her. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So (laughs) what was the first ghost experience that happened for you? The paranormal. The first paranormal, inexplicable experience I've had. What I would call paranormal. What I don't know. Would you? What you would just consider unexplained? I I would definitely call it a paranormal experience. Um, I I was a little kid. I was twelve years old, and my house was haunted. Like for lack of a better term, I uh, I don't know about haunted. Because uh, that just such a like put such a Halloween spin on things that to me is like. Hey, let's just call it Easter. You know, I, why not? It's fun. Do know. you celebrate holidays? I do. I love holidays. Okay, I do. And you know, ironically, my favorite holiday is um, next to Fourth of July, uh, but that was pre-Trump. Um, <laughs> was right. uh, Christmas. I love Christmas. I love it. I think it's adorable. It's enchanting. It's magical. But I have. But I'm. I'm a 100 percent uh, atheist. I think it's cute. The the whole industry of holidays is completely. I'm into it. I'm into the industry. A different thing. I like yeah. it for the in- industry purposes. So this house that you grew up in was this? Yes. This was in Los Angeles, right? Yeah, Los Angeles. Um, and just uh, you know, 1960s ranch style home, uh, considered modern for the time, and. Um, this was in the 80s. I'm like, I better make make sure I don't um, overly age myself. But um, I look great for 75. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I'll, it's a long story, but I'll do my best to nutshell it. Um, this odd experience I had one night. It was I remember we were on summer vacation. I shared a room with my sisters. Everybody went to bed. 
And it was like, you know, when you're a little kid, you're on summer vacation and your mom lets you stay up to watch TV. And I just forced myself to stay up because that was allowed. And sure, I wasn't. I, sometimes I feel like I still feel that way where I'm like, I don't have to go to school in the morning. Yeah, I can watch TV all night if I want. And you're like struggling to stay up. Yeah. So I was the last one up. The whole family, everybody was knocked out asleep. And um, so I finally, I can't take it anymore. And. And I go to bed, and at the time, I shared the room with my two sisters, and I was on the top bunk, and the eldest was on the bottom bunk, and then my middle sister was on an, another bed to the side. So the three beds in the room, and it's got to do with the story. So I remember just laying in bed. It's really creepy. I was laying in bed, and I couldn't fall asleep because I'm still like, hey, it's summer vacation, guys. And our bedroom faced the street. And um, I don't know if, if you can visualize this. So we had our windows, bedroom windows facing the street. So every time a car would drive by at night, the lights of the vehicle would circle the room till the car passed by. Okay. So I was just laying in bed, um, struggling to stay awake. And I was following car lights wrap around the room, just following them. And then this one time I'm following the light. And I followed it to the foot of my bed, and there's a woman at the end of my bed. Yeah. I was like, what? And it was like traditional ghost. Like, I remember this transparent woman. Um, I could see through her, but I could see vividly that it was a woman with long, straight, wavy, I mean, like just kind of flowing hair. And it was I could it was like a brown tone, and she had a, a white flowy gown. I mean, it was like straight out of a movie. Wow! And the super terrifying part was that her hands were at the foot of my bed. I was at the top bunk, so that means this bitch is levitating. You oh know, my gosh. like floating. And I was just like, and in my head, I was like, oh my god, I'm just a kid. I'm just a kid. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. I was freaking out. I was paralyzed in fear. I couldn't get a word out. Wait, so how much of her could you see if you're on a top bunk? I, I could was see. Was she like peeking up? Or yeah, was she... peeking up. Ooh, no. But, you know, I look back and I, I vividly remember this experience. Uh, and I, I do, you know, remember that. I don't think she was trying to creep me out. She was just staring at me. Like, looking back now as an adult, like my vivid memory of, of her is like um, maybe she was trying to communicate to me mm-hmm. and not creep me out. She wasn't doing anything spooky other than hanging on to the foot of my bed and yeah, staring. I mean, that's creepy. Even it if was. In the light. And like if you're still alive and you're just staring yeah. at someone when they're sleeping. Yeah, it was like intensely staring at me. So I was paralyzed with fear. My blood ran cold. All that stuff you hear people say. Yeah. And, I, and I was trying to scream for my parents, but nothing would come out. Oh, no. And I was just laying there, and it felt like, for all I know, it was two minutes, but it felt like a lifetime. It could have been 30 minutes. I do not know to this day how long that went on. And I just remember like thinking, okay, my voice isn't working. So I thought maybe if I telepathically communicate to this thing, because I was just so scared. So I just stared back at it, and I just kept saying, I'm a little kid, leave me alone. I'm a little kid, <laughs> leave me alone. I just was hoping it would pick up on my what I was saying. And, um, and then so more car lights started coming by. 
And then I remember this, you know, so another car drove by, and as that light wrapped around the room, then, like, kind of choreographed with that car light, this woman figure floated over to my sister's bed, and I was just, like, kept talking to it, like, as much as I could in my head. I just kept saying, don't touch me. Whatever you do, don't touch me, because I'll really freak out. Yeah. And then um, she hovered over my sister and started bending over almost like the way a mom kisses a kid goodnight uh-huh. bending over my sister and then it just faded into my sister and disappeared what yeah she so i wouldn't <sighs> say that it possessed my sister or it just kind of disappeared into that direction i don't know you know my sister never acted bizarre or anything but did your sisters they were both asleep they right? were dead asleep nobody heard me and then i was still paralyzed with fear it took about an Really, at this point, I started looking at the clock. We had this, like, little alarm clock, and I kept looking at it, and about 30 minutes passed by before I was able to get my voice back. And then I just started screaming, freaking out. The whole family, like, ran into the room, flipping out all the lights, and and I told my mom and dad what I saw, what happened. And, you know, they just thought I saw something scary on TV that I wouldn't admit. You know, they thought I was lying about watching cable when I wasn't supposed to. And right. so they thought I saw something that I wasn't supposed to, like some ah, scary movie. Right, right. And they just didn't believe me. They believed I was afraid, but they they thought I was just seeing things and being like a, an overly active imagination, you know. But was that something that had happened in the house before? No, I never. It just came out of nowhere. But then later, about um, like a few months later... After I've been made to feel like a complete nut, my mom and my brother admitted to hearing some weird stuff in the house. Really? Was it? And like my like mom, what? my mom admitted that um, at night she would hear somebody walking up and down the hallway, and closing and opening the bathroom door when she knew everybody was dead asleep. Mm-hmm. And also, and my brother also admitted finally to uh, seeing like some like a lady walking around and it sounded like what I saw, like a description of what I saw. Uh-huh. This woman walking around the living room that he said he saw. She can walk and she can float. Well, I guess I don't I'm know. jealous. I know, right? Fears. <laughs> so, um, so, I, so that was my first, probably an only kind of paranormal experience that absolutely felt very real to me. Yeah, that's terrifying. It was creepy, creepy. And then I never had another experience again, not in that house, mm-hmm. you know. So it was a divided family. There were six of us. And uh, so three of us had a weird experience, and then the other three thought we were nuts. So that's the thing that I, one of the many things I don't understand about ghosts is like, uh, do you just be ghostly when you feel like it? Like, you know, it's like, why aren't you always just ghosting around? Like, why, why are you why just sometimes? Why aren't you consistent? Why aren't I they know. consistent? And then, like, and, and it was awful, too, when you're a little kid. And I'm like, I swear I'm not making this up. I swear I didn't watch I anything know. scary. Like, and, and they just don't believe you. Because when you know, you know. Yeah, I know what I saw. And it was terrifying. So, but going back to, like, your theories of belief and stuff, like, what do you think? That's some kind of... Well, you know, it is a fact of science that um, we, everything on this planet has energy. Mm -hmm. You know, we're energy-based. So when our 
our, you know, our bodies, which are a case of meat. When that <laughs> case of meat, you know, the case of meat that houses the energy that you are. Sure. You know, when that dies, well, everything has to go somewhere. I just figured, you know, I, we are a ball of energy inside and that doesn't just vanish. So I figured maybe these are remnants of energy, like an imprint that's yeah. left behind. And maybe that's why they don't consistently spook us because maybe just, I don't know, puffs of energy present themselves. Sure. You know, I, yeah. something like that. Or maybe it's a it's a, 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 a extraterrestrial uh, visiting from a parallel universe. You Ooh, know? that's fun. To me, that makes more sense that they're UFOs, not UFOs, but extraterrestrials. You know, like, yeah. I'm too Mexican to say that correctly. Extraterrestrials. <laughs> terrestrial. Terrestrials. Anyway, so I, I just feel like perhaps there's an explanation out there that we just have not tapped into. Yeah, and who knows if we ever will. Yeah, and maybe we never have to. Yeah. So I also know that for your bachelorette party, yes. um, when was that, like two years ago? Yeah, it was actually about a year and a half ago. A year and a half ago. You did something so fun. You mm-hmm. did a ghost hunt for your... Is that right? A ghost correct, hunt? Yeah. Correct. Uh, well, I, I, uh, for, you know, for my wedding, I hadn't really had no desire to have a bridal shower, bachelorette party, none of the frills. I'm just like, I don't know. I'm not interested in that. I, being a uh, professional entertainer, I think you get, uh, we get plenty of attention. Sure. You know, and oh. our jobs are very, uh, crowd heavy. So for my, uh, private nuptials i actually wanted things as small and private as possible but you know my girlfriends uh they're so wonderful and so loving and they just wanted to celebrate it and more you know and they wanted me to have the experiences that they they thought i would regret not having so um one of my dear girlfriends um uh, Pleasant Gaiman, uh, an LA icon. She's an incredible individual. She's a performer, dancer, actor in her own right, author. Um, she convinced me to having a bachelorette party. And I just thought, well, who better than Pleasant Gaiman, who is also a professional paranormal investigator? And she's a longtime friend. We've been really good friends for over 20 years. We have to get her in here. Yes, you do. Yes, you absolutely do. She's wonderful. And um, so she's like, you, you, she suggested a bachelorette party. And I just thought, well, why don't we do a, a paranormal investigation? And, you know, and she offered to host it. It's what she does anyway. And so I just thought it'd be really fun. Because although I don't believe, the irony is that I love getting scared. To me, it's really fun. Sure. I love ghostly getting scared. And. Um, so I just thought it'd be fun and different. And I'm not into traditional bachelorette parties. I, I'm not a big drinker. I don't like to party. So I thought this is perfect for me. Daytime ghost hunting. So where, which that's my preference. If I am to go ghost hunting, mm-hmm. why does it have to be at night? It's always at night with gotta... that green night mm-hmm. vision camera mm-hmm. and everyone's eyes look all spooky. I don't like that. See, to me, if you see something during the day, that's more credible. There you go. Yeah. So. So 
where did you guys go for your... So uh, the whole thing was we needed to find a free location. Sure. <laughs> so um, Were there places you were shopping around? Yeah. And, um, and so Pleasant, my uh, paranormal investigator, she suggested a theater. She said that... Uh, They're always haunted. Yeah. She said theaters have a lot of haunted energy. So she said try to find a theater and let's try to get it for free. Unless you know somebody that has a house that's really haunted. I don't know anybody who owns a haunted house. So then theater was our best bet. And, you know, being in the business, we know a lot of theaters. So uh, we have relationships with theaters. So I went to um, the Cavern Club Theater where you and I perform. know it well. And um, we have a very strong relationship with that uh, venue. And they were more than happy to loan us the theater for my little bachelorette party. I invited 15 of my closest girlfriends. And it was really uh, spooky and exciting. And we did uh, an investigation in the theater and immediately immediately had experiences what do you mean i see i've worked there a billion times at this point and i've never i, I don't know that my senses have gone off there i mean i don't know anywhere that's dark and i'm by myself i'm immediately convinced it's haunted but yeah i don't know what 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 came through what happened well i think that it because it, it, i too i mean i've been performing at this theater for at least 15 years and never ever had a weird vibe never felt anything but also i'm i don't think i'm tuned into that stuff because i'm not open to it mm-hmm. generally yeah. as much as i love getting spooked it takes a lot to get me there but there is such a just like fun vibe in that theater because yeah i mean there's really only like comedy campy kind of shows that happen there and it's a very family-owned restaurant that is above the theater Mm -hmm. so it's definitely not a dark energy or was that never yeah no there's always such a loving vibe in there that's why i've never picked up on anything spooky which makes me think maybe it's a a, uh an unworldly loving vibe vibe (laughs) you know it could be like hippie ghost who came through well this was not very loving. It was like a spooky thing for real. Um, and I think it helped to have this paranormal team because they seem to know what they're doing and they really conjured up some shit that I couldn't on my own without they had the EVP um, I forgot what it's called, that machine that picks up voices. Yeah, the meter that records it. Yeah. And so, yeah. so she had all her equipment, all like the stuff you see on TV mm-hmm. and um and including the Ouija board for fun, and oh. uh, we we did all kinds of funny stuff. It was like being in a slum at a slumber party. Sure. So uh, she turned uh, well. Pleasant. She probably would. She would do a much better job explaining the process because I'm a complete novice, and I was just in it for the fun. And um, so she just started asking questions. You know, uh, to the air like if there's somebody here make this light flash and sure enough immediately she had this little contraption with four different colored lights so like a simon says game from Mm -hmm. the 80s and um so she would say if you're present make the blue light go on twice like very specific instructions and immediately boom boom like the lights (sighs) would happening we're like oh my god oh my god and um there was an empty chair right next to my maid of honor who was uh, none other than Margaret Cho. Of course. Um, she herself has had many paranormal experiences. Gotta get her in here. Yeah, she'd be a great guest. Anyway, she was uh, sitting. There wasn't anybody sitting next to her. Her seat was empty. And she's like, uh, uh, Margaret's like, oh, my God, can you feel this? 
and her chair was like there was no AC directly above it and it was super cold Oh. Like after we got that communication on the lights, um, so and and it was right behind me. So I turn around and I, I I hover my hand over the chair, and it was undeniable that the temperature over that chair vastly different from any other seat. Wait, wait, she was sitting in it. Uh, the chair next to next her, to her. Oh my god, which was gosh. empty. So the spirit was like, is just sitting there. It was like ice cold, but like right next to her, it's warm and normal. Like, it was so obvious. Everybody could feel it. Like, yeah. a huge temperature difference. Yeah. So, I don't know what that's about. So, um, so then so then we all gravitated to that chair, and Pleasant brought that uh, little meter that picks up the EVPs and put it next to that chair and started asking it questions. And he, and he began responding. And so we learned that this presence, whatever it was, identified itself as the burglar who was killed in that basement um, in the 60s. Oh, yeah. What's the and story? And it, it is a confirmed story mm-hmm. by the owners of the restaurant slash theater. Um, the story goes that, um, I guess, in the 60s, uh, th- th- there were, um, I guess it was already a restaurant. I'm not too clear on that. But also, yeah, at one point, that same building was a church. So there's been two deaths in the basement which is now a theater where we were doing our paranormal investigation. Um, I'm not clear on the timeline who died first, but the place used to be a church, and there was, uh, and they used to cook in the basement for the parishioners. And there was, a, I believe, a 14-year-old, I know it was a teenage girl, who died in a cooking fire. Oh, wow. So, but it was something like um, she died, I think she survived for a short period of time and that's how the family who owned this church had to sell it to the current owners who turned it into a restaurant theater they had to unload the property to make money to medically treat this girl who eventually who ended up dying anyway oh and so there's that death related there to that girl but also um so getting back to the burglar um the story goes that this guy broke in to when I'm not sure if it was a restaurant yet. I think it was. It was a restaurant, actually. He broke in to hold up the place. He got into a scuffle with one of the restaurant employees, uh, I think a busboy or a server or something, and there was a gun between them. So the other restaurant employees saw what was happening. They all jumped on the burglar, and then the scuffle, the gun went off, and the burglar was shot, and that's where he died. Was uh, it in the basement, or I, I believe it was, from what I'm, from what I was told, and so he died trying to rob the place, but none of the employees died, and um, so he said, so the, that entity from my bachelorette party identified himself as that burglar. Wow. Yeah, and so, uh, but you know, Ple- Pleasant's really fun, and she's like, "Would you like a margarita?" And he's like, "Yeah." You could clearly hear him say, "Yes, margarita." Oh my gosh! And Where's that recording? Is it? Or was it recorded? Or? I don't think it was recorded. I don't. Oh. It was just live feed from that meter thing. He sounds fun. He was fun. <laughs> we were kind of scared. I wasn't too scared, just because it was daytime and it was a room full of my girlfriends. Uh-huh. But there was some of the guests were like <laughs> kind of terrified. Yeah, I bet. So we had a, a lot of weird communication like that. 
Well, and one thing to make very clear, because we love Casita Del Campo. Yes. You will never get a creepy vibe in there. So please go check out the food, check out the shows that they have there. It is really a a magical blessing. Uh, Blessing, the word I use. It's a really amazing place that we have here in Los Angeles. It is. We're very very lucky to have it. It's very special and, and it needs to continue to be supported. That place is nothing but love. Yes. Wow, I can't believe that. Well, speaking of EVPs, we do a little thing here. Mm-hmm. Here on Ghosted by Ross Dressfiles, it is called EVPs or EVPs. So you already know all about EVPs. You have your experiences with them. Yes. Now, you know what you heard, but sometimes paranormal investigators get creative with what they think they hear. Right. Sometimes it's a stretch. And maybe, you know, maybe they maybe it was a different experience uh, in person or I don't know. I'm not going to discredit anyone, but I just want you to guess what these EVPs are. <laughs> so the first one we're going to do was uh, posted by a YouTuber with an account called Huff Paranormal. Lots of uh, pretty great uh, paranormal investigations on that channel. You should check it out. Oh, I will. He went to different graves. And at this Uh, one... I'm already scared. (laughs) I know. Because that's... um, I believe he wrote in the description, like, wasn't sure if there would be uh, ghosts just lingering around their graves or not. But he went to do it. He went to this grave of somebody named Wanda... Wanda. Wanda. Okay, so he first, you're going to hear his voice saying, I was here yesterday. And then it's going to repeat three times what he heard. And I want you to guess. Okay. And it could it could be an EVP or it could be an EVP, please. <laughs> I was here yesterday. No. Okay, it repeated three times, so it, it whispered a very short sentence three times. Let's try it again. Yeah. I, please. Yeah. I, I get a please. Yeah, I... Um, it was a... You can kind of hear a whisper. I do. So that's something. I, but he did think... He, he wrote a... Uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? A subtitle on the on the video of what he thinks it, it said. Mm-hmm. Um, was it A, work, bitch? <laughs> B, I will tell you the word bitch is in what he thought it said. <laughs> B, Wanda's a bitch. C, I'm a bitch, I'm a lover, I'm a child, I'm a mother. Or D, it's Britney, bitch. <laughs> now, it really, it's one of those? It's one of those. I'm sorry. This is a tough one. I um, I I did pick up a faint whisper, but it's nothing I could make out at all. I don't even hear bitch. I don't hear anything. I know. Well, it was um, the correct answer was B. Wanda's a bitch. Like I hear the um, like Wanda's the the rhythm bitch. of it. Wanda's a bitch. Wanda's See, like now I feel influenced because now that I know the word bitch is in there, now I hear bitch. Right. But without that, I frankly didn't. I just heard a, a whisper that a gibberish. I just hear gibberish. Okay. 
Well, this one I think is a little bit more clear. This was posted by some YouTube account called Scary Mysteries. And this was a paranormal investigation that was done at the Athens Lunatic Asylum in Athens, Ohio, which actually opened up in 1974, sorry, 1874, back when they would call it just a lunatic asylum. And it closed its doors in 1993. And there's some real spooky stories about this place. Mm. There was a body of a woman that kind of wandered off and uh, she was naked and she wandered off and she ended up dying and her body just decomposed in the floor and they say that if you still go in there there is like there's photos of it this like stain outline of a body that's just I believe it my can I interject really quick my friend uh, had a house where uh, she bought a house where somebody killed themselves and um, they found him in the living room. And to this day, you can see the trace of his head. Like they can't, there's nothing they can do to wash it off. And so oh she just gosh. has a chair over it. It's spooky. Is it the same carpet? No, it's hardwood floor. Oh, okay. And I guess that when you die or whatever, your body like stains the floor. Or maybe it's the spirit. Maybe. Okay, so this is um, the EVP that was taken at the Athens, Athens Lunatic Asylum. Oh, yeah. I definitely hear something. Again, I can't make out what they're saying. It's okay. I'll give you some options. Was it A, would you help us? B, will you yelp us? (laughs) C, mmm, enchiladas. Or D, oh, my God, hi, I'm a ghost. Hey, do you hear me? I'm a ghost. C, enchiladas? No, I, I think it's A. I hear the help us. Oh, I don't like that. I I wish I had my a recording of the EVP from my bachelorette party. It is way clear. Like it's like a guy talking to you. <sighs> it's crazy. I've been ghosted too. Okay, well, we have a little bit of time to do... uh, We're going to read a story. Mm -hmm. This was submitted to me by a guy named Brayden. And... this story actually, it, it, it's a story of something happening to a child when, um, similar to your story, mm. but it also, trigger warning, it involves children ghosts. Which are the worst. The creepiest. Yeah, I'm sorry someone's kid died, but there's nothing scarier than a dead kid. <laughs> Okay. We were visiting our grandparents in Hawaii when I had my first run-in with the dead. My grandpa Hank and grandma Pam had a lovely patch of land in Waimea? Is that what it's called? W-A-I-M-E-A? Waimea? Mm. Waimea! My parents were putting me to bed one night when I began to hear a children's chorus. Ooh, a chorus! singing what I presume to be some Jesus Camp type church song. Oddly enough, I found comfort in the lullaby like the lullaby like tones of the kids singing. There was in fact a church roughly fifty feet away from the property, so I assumed the sound carried. The singing grew louder and louder, and I couldn't help but poke my head out the window as Mama tucked me in. What are you looking at, she asked. Ooh, they have there's dialogue in the story. Love it. What are you looking at, she asked. I explained to her exactly what I saw. Half a dozen kids around my age playing in the tree fortress my brother Evan and I had claimed as our own. 
Being a typical kid, I felt such a longing to ditch bedtime and join them. I want to go play with them, I demanded of Mama. Who, sweetie? Who? she asked, thoroughly confused. Them, I pointed matter-of-factly. Honey, nobody is out there, she stated. My face instantly felt flushed. Without missing a beat, I dove under my covers and instantly started crying. These kids were so real. I swore I could see the butter, the butterfly clips in one of the curls' braids. Oh, oh my she God. Had a little bit of fashion, a little flair. A little clip. That means she had a Delia magazine. Do you know? <laughs> I was this magazine in this catalog? Okay. Um, my sobbing caused a commotion, and Daddy and Evan came running from the living room to see what was the matter. I couldn't stop shouting, They're real! I saw them! My parents didn't know how to process the information that their child had seen people that simply weren't there. According to my grandpa, the very church down the street had a horrible fire a few years prior and several children had been burnt alive. Uh. To Mama, there was no question that the very kids I heard singing in the trees were the same kids who suffered the fire. Uh. At least his parents believed him. Yeah. A chorus of children. It's all ring around the rosy. I don't like that. Oh, my God. Wait, now I'm having all these memories. Can I share one quick one? Obviously. I totally forgot about this, but... uh, I, I was um, on tour uh, with a, a variety with a ghost show. choir. Yeah, ghost choir. I was on tour with Margaret Cho. It was a variety show. There, there was like a cast of about 10 of us. And um, we did, uh, I think, like a two-month run run at the Zipper Theater in New York City, which the, the, the zip, we were the last show there, and then the Zipper shut down. But the Zipper Theater I, apparently was spooky, and everybody there uh, who worked at the theater said, oh, yeah, it's haunted, blah, blah, blah. And I always rolled my eyes at that shit. Like, oh, everybody desperately wants their theater to be haunted, you know. And um, so sure enough, uh, one night we're doing the show, you know, it's a grind. And um, there's this one part in the show where the entire cast is on stage and it's right before a solo number of mine. So everybody's on stage and I'm by myself in the dressing room waiting for my turn to go do my solo number. So I'm just standing there and all the lights are on, and out of nowhere, I see, like, I look at the floor, and there's a giant shadow hovering over me. <sighs> and, like, there's nothing above me. Like, there's no reason why there should be a shadow. Like in the form of a human. Yeah, it was, kind of, I wouldn't say it was the form of a human, but it had, it wasn't like a box, or it wasn't like a square or a circle. It It had a funky shape, like, maybe, you know, a head and shoulders, but kind of wobbly, you know, not like a perfect shape. Uh-huh. And um, so I shit my pants. Oh. <laughs> that was a, it was really, really scary. And what a way to go on stage because I was just like, ah. Yeah. But yeah, that was a really bizarre and jarring. It was really scary. I wonder why theaters are so haunted. I don't understand that. Like, why isn't it restaurants? Yeah. Like, well, oh. it's, it's just like L.A. It's like these stage people that need to be performing even in the afterlife. That's true, actually. You know? Yeah. They want to be seen. 
Yeah. yeah. And I'm not the only cast member. Other people in the cast had, like, strange experiences. Mm-hmm. Like, we just, nobody wanted to be the one who was, like, uh, the crazy person. Sure. But it was it was weird, and it was a really old theater. and But it also had, like, incredible creative energy and love and uh-huh. the same vibes we feel at Casita, but sure. on a larger scale. And um, I mean, usually theater ghosts aren't, like, bad energy. I, I, don't, I don't think, think. so. I, I did work at a theater where they said that there were times when the um, ghosts would keep the house doors open so that the show couldn't, like, start. And they would just, like, fuck with it. Whoa. Turn lights on during the show, house lights and stuff. Really? Yeah. Did like, you ever witness it? No, not that. But... Um, I don't know, it was probably some ghost that didn't get the part. They had to play a tree and mm-hmm. then they died because a set piece fell on them and now they're pissed. They're, they're the Bob Fosse of the afterlife. <laughs> okay, now I have one last question. Final question. It's kind of a difficult one for you because you don't necessarily believe in this stuff. But let's say in, a, in another world where you believe fully in the afterlife and um, in a world where you might possibly die before me. It's going to happen. <laughs> Will you come back and visit me? I, I um, no, I, I cannot pretend to not be myself. Oh, my God. I can't. Once, once my body dies, once my physical meat pack dies i i hope i don't have the ability to come back i hope it's over i i am my wish is that everything just goes dark and it's over just done done i just it's an off switch i don't have that ego to believe that i must continue on somehow mm-hmm. like at any capacity okay so it really brings me peace and comfort to believe that once I'm dead, it's over. Well, that brings me peace to know that once you're dead... Am like, I going to come pull your feet? <laughs> oh, no, no. But, like, I'll be like, okay, she's not visiting me because she's good. Like, she's where she needs to be and she doesn't need to go anywhere else. Yeah, I just see my future as fertilizer, you know, really. But as okay. much as I'd love to come visit you, um, yeah. You don't want to hover over my bunk bed? <laughs> I'd rather visit you in the living. Okay, I like that. Well, listen, Selene Luna, you are one of my favorite uh, packs of meat, and uh, (laughs) I'm so happy you came down here. Tell people where they can find you. You can find me on Instagram and on Twitter, Selene Luna. Oh, thank you so much for listening. As always, I want to hear your ghost stories. So here's how you can get them to me. Please write a review. Give me five stars first, though, or I'm not reading your story. You got to give me five stars first if you like the show. If you didn't like the show, you wouldn't care about me reading it. So anyway, give me five stars, please, on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Himalaya, or anywhere that podcasts are found in any place you could give me a fabulous rating. And I want to read your story on the air in a future episode. Also, if you have had an EVP experience, if you have captured the voice of a ghost, send it to me at ghostedbyroz at gmail.com. Be sure to tell me a little bit of a backstory and what you think the ghost said, and me and my guests will try to figure out if that's true or not. Please help my childhood dream come true of becoming an Instagram celebrity by following me at Roz, 
Drez Falez on Instagram. I'm also on Twitter. I have a Facebook page. You can find out some live appearances on there as well. I love you all so much. Thank you for listening, both living people and dead people. You mean the world to me. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye!